Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to How to Reframe the Five Most Common Physical Depression Symptoms, Why Understanding How Stress Affects the Body Sets Your Clients Free. I can't sleep, Angela told me. And when I do sleep, she said, I still wake up exhausted and I just ache all the time. So Angela had been diagnosed with depression five years before coming to see me. And when she finally came along, she just started to understand that the depression she was experiencing was not truly a disease caused by a chemical imbalance. So if it's not a physical illness, she said, then why do my muscles ache? She really wanted to understand. So depression's physical symptoms. I explained to Angela that clinical depression is never just in the mind. Emotional disturbance, especially when it's prolonged, will always have an impact on the body. Physical factors aren't the most common cause of depression, but however it's caused, it certainly has physical or somatic consequences. And from working with many depressed clients over the years, it's become clear to me that some of these physical symptoms of depression are depressing in themselves. This is even more likely to be the case when we don't understand that they are normal and in essence simply another indicator of the same phenomenon, as a stressed mind and body. Explaining this to people can make a huge difference. And of course, physical symptoms should always be checked out by a medically trained professional to ensure your client isn't suffering from some underlying or previously undiagnosed physical condition separate from their depression. However, it's sadly true that many physicians don't fully understand why depressed people have these physical symptoms. Okay. And even those who do understand may not explain it very well to their patients. So in addition to using metaphor to help Angela normalize her overall experience of depression, I also helped her reframe the physical symptoms that depression was um, causing her. So here are five of the most common physical symptoms that often accompany depression with some suggestions for what to say to you to help your client understand them better. Okay, so number one, I can't sleep or I can't stop sleeping. So many depressed people report not being able to sleep or sometimes uh, they report that they're sleeping all the time. Worry and negative thoughts and feelings increase the levels of stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream. Okay. This response is really designed to keep us awake and alert and safe during physical danger because if we fell asleep while we were in real physical danger, it could be disastrous. After explaining this to Angela, I also said to her, and of course, you're not in actual physical danger right now. So we need to lower your stress hormone levels by helping you relax more. This will let your emergency lookout system, so to speak, get the message that it can switch off sometimes. And if high levels of stress persist for a long time, they'll eventually exhaust us to the point that we can end up feeling like we can't stop sleeping because we're so exhausted. So Angela nodded along with this, telling me she'd noticed both of these seemingly contradictory symptoms during different episodes of her depression. I also discuss with most depressed clients 
how sleep can be a tricky um, catch-22 situation, since during depression, even sleep itself can be exhausting. So number two, I have all kinds of aches and pains, but the doctor can't find anything physically wrong with me. When a client says something like this, you might tell them that there's no physical test that can show whether someone's depressed or not, like there is for diabetes, for instance. And I'll often continue by saying, however, an important hormone called serotonin can become depleted through depression. Among other things, serotonin moderates the pain response in the body. So what would normally feel like a minor ache in normal circumstances can feel much, much worse during depression. As you begin to leave that depression behind, you'll also notice how much more physically comfortable you start to feel again. And that can be a reassuring bit of information for people. Number three, I've completely lost interest in sex. Although it's not often discussed or asked about, temporarily losing interest in sex is also common with depression. And unhelpfully, it's also a common but often unknown side effect of consuming antidepressants as well. Again, because a depressed person's bloodstream is so full of stress hormone, then the body is on the lookout for threat. So any physical function not directly connected with immediate survival tends to get switched off and sidelined. If your client reports lowered sex drive, you might say something like, um, now, you know, if you are about to be attacked by a pack of hungry wolves, you wouldn't want to get distracted by sexual impulses. You'd need to have completely lost interest in sex whilst dealing with the wolves. Okay, so the stress of depression has misled your body into feeling that it's under attack. So in an attempt to keep you safe, it's responded just as it should if you were really under attack. As your stress hormone levels normalize and your self-confidence returns, so too will your sex drive. Okay, so sex drive is designed to be switched off when there's physical stress and threat in the environment. Number four, I seem to be catching colds all the time. As with sex drive, increased stress hormone is designed to lower the function of any physical response that don't have to do with fending off an immediate physical attack. That's what stress is for. So cortisol has an inhibiting effect on the immune system. By contrast, not surprisingly, relaxation enhances the immune system. So I helped Angela understand this by saying, well, you know, it, it may be, of course, that there are just lots of colds and viruses around at the moment. But again, it's important to know that you don't need to be fighting off pathogens in the bloodstream while you're fighting off wolves. So if you're continually more stressed than you need to be because of the depression, then your immune function is constantly taking a back seat. Therefore, you're more likely to get sick. But as the depression lifts and you feel and sleep better, your immune system will become more robust again and return to its normal long-term protective function. Number five, I've lost my appetite and I'm losing weight. Or, I eat all the time and I'm putting on weight. Appetite changes often occur with depression. And just like with sleep, these changes could seem contradictory. On the one hand, Stress suppresses appetite and depression steals motivation to look after yourself. So eating can be neglected. And on the other hand, stress can also make us behave 
compulsively. So you can explain both of these symptoms to your clients. This is because in nature, if uh, that pack of wolves is on our heels, eating is not necessarily uh, something we need to do for immediate survival. Okay, you can eat later, fight or run now. So as with sleep, sex drive and immune function, appetite will be switched off in the short term. But the flip side of this is that we might need to genuinely compulsively check that those wolves really have gone and that we really are safe. So stress would drive this useful compulsivity in its place and we might compulsively eat, especially if we've been conditioned to associate eating with self-comforting. Okay, As depression lifts, your appetite should return to normal. And of course, your depressed client may present with other physical symptoms, but there's always a good normal and reassuring reason for stress-related physical discomforts during depression. These symptoms are in fact the body's way of trying to help out when we're genuinely in a stressful uh, situation. Once I'd reassured Angela that what had been happening to her whilst horrible is a normal part of the pattern of depression, she began to worry much less about these symptoms. And I ran into Angela again a few months after our sessions and she looked much more rested and healthy. And she told me that she was sleeping better had somehow avoided the cold that got passed around her office and was enjoying cooking and eating healthily again. And she told me that the real turning point for her in working with me was finally understanding why her body was behaving the way that it was. She no longer felt helpless and out of control because there were very clear reasons as to um, what all the physical symptoms were about. As Angela said, and I believe this is true for people with every type of mental illness, knowledge is power. So I hope that you found these useful. I'm Mark Terrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk, that's unk.com slash blog. 